Well, greetings, everyone. Thank you again for coming and deciding to join us here with our video of tonight's Wednesday night service, this April 1st. Uh, as we've been going through here in the scriptures, we've been going through the book of Ephesians and taking it verse by verse and studying what this book has to tell us. Thank you so much for joining in here with this video. Before we jump in, I'd just like to mention to you real quick, too, uh, if you would also like to be able to hear our sermons without having to click into YouTube or visit it uh, through a video, we also have these available through our church podcast. Uh, you'll be able to find that on iTunes, Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, many of these platforms that people use. All you'd have to do is search Bible Baptist Big Timber, and you'll be able to find our podcast. You'll have these same sermons uploaded there. That, those, those are actually really neat ways to be able to listen to the sermons. Uh, you can take those while you're in the car. You can have them just in your headphones. You can do whatever you want to do without having to sit down on a screen and watch. And it's actually really neat. You can go there and you can subscribe to our church's podcast there. And every time a new sermon is uploaded from our church, uh, from our services, you'll immediately be notified on your phone. You can click play. You can listen to those while you're driving down the road or whatever other time you might be able to have. Just another really convenient way to be able to hear the preaching of God's word. So I'll have that link for you there in the notes uh, underneath the video. You can go into YouTube, this uh, description there underneath. I'll have a link for you there if you need a, an easier way to get to it. But you can click on that, subscribe to our podcast, and it'll be a really neat way to be able to hear the sermons there as well. So today we're going to jump in. Let's go ahead and take a look at our Bibles. We'll be opening up to Ephesians and chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4, we'll be picking up here where we left off last week. And we've been talking about how the book of Ephesians is a letter... It was written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. And there were some things there at the church that they needed to know. There were some things there as a group of believers, much like us today, uh, you know, they needed to understand how church was done. Here for the first few chapters, uh, they talked about how the church was a mystery and what it means to be a Christian and how the Lord, uh, how He has called us unto good works. Now He is, how He has saved us and we are now His and some, we can go forward and serve Him. And now he's shifting gears a little bit. Once he gets over here to chapter number 4, where we're at now, uh, he starts talking things a little bit different and talking about our spiritual gifts and, and what, we are, um, what we are to do and how we are to move forward in our Christian life and a few things that we have there. So we're going to be looking in Ephesians chapter number 4. Our primary text this evening is going to be verses number 4 through 6. Verses number 4 through 6. And I'll go ahead and read these scriptures. We'll take a look at these. We'll have a word of prayer. And we're going to talk about some things out of God's word uh, here this, this evening. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 4, if you'd like to follow along with us, if you have a copy of God's word. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand this somewhat exclusive and yet also inclusive nature of these scriptures here that we see out of the book of Ephesians. Lord, may we understand the importance of our calling May we understand the importance of salvation and the importance of uh, being a part of the body of Christ. 
Lord, may we understand this scripture tonight. May we take it, we use it. May we go forward. May we be um, ever moving onward in our Christian lives. Lord, I pray you'd help us to understand how important it is to be able to always be moving forward and continuing in what you have called us to do. Now, Lord, speak to us out of these scriptures. May we take them and may we use them in our hearts and lives. And it's in Jesus' name we ask for this help. Amen. Now, if you've noticed, there was one word here in the scripture that kept being uh, read over and over and over. It was this word, one. One. That word one was said over and over again. You're going to see seven things here in this scripture where he says there is only one. He says there is one body. There is one spirit. There is one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. Now, there's a few things that means to you as a Christian, and if you're not a Christian, if you're not even call yourself a religious person, that means something to you as well. We're going to study what this means and how this idea of being only one, in a way, it is very exclusive. It is an exclusive way. It is a very specific way. But also, there's some things in here that speak to being one. That means for you, Christian, you are included in. And so have you, ever, have you ever heard some of these statements? Now I'll go ahead and, and bring a few of these out before we start to read them. Have you ever heard anybody say that, oh, well, you know, religion, all religion's really the same. You know, it, all religion kind of does one thing. It just, it just tries, to, tries to make you as good as you can possibly be. Maybe you would say, oh, you know... All people, they worship the same God. They worship one God. They all worship this one specific God. And this God, he, uh, you, know, you might call Him by a different name. And maybe you call this God by a different name, but no matter what name you call Him, it's really all just the same thing. They'll all get you to heaven. You're all working towards the same thing. Or maybe you've heard that all religions, they're just kind of all going to lead you to the, the same place no matter which way you try. Or have you, maybe you've heard that you know, as, as long as you're, you're doing your best, as long as you're, you're sincere in what it is that you believe. Well, what does the Scriptures have to say about that? What does the Bible have to say? What did God say about that? Maybe you've heard something like this, and we're going to address this one here in a little bit as well. Maybe you've heard that, oh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter about what church you go to. It doesn't even matter that you go to church as long as you're a born-again Christian. Why does it matter that I go and I be part of a church? Why, why, does, it, why does it matter where, you know, what, I, what I do? I know that I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven when I die. So I've got that worked out, and that's, that's all that really matters. Well, is it? You know, there's some things here in the Bible that's very specific, and when we see this word one, 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 you start to think that that way is pretty straight and pretty narrow. Maybe you've heard that old saying before, hey, there's a straight and narrow way. Well, there is. And we start to see that a, very, a little bit right here in this Scripture. So let's look at these, these ones here in this passage of Ephesians chapter 4, verses number 4 through 6. What are these ones? And as we study these ones, I want you to see if there's something in your life that maybe you have multiples of, or maybe that you don't have any of. Let's take a look at these. The first one is this, and we're going to apply these to you in your everyday life as well. The first one is this. He says in verse number 4, There is one body. There is one body. 
Now we start to look at this thing, the body. What is the body? What is, what is the point of a body? Well, Christian, I'm here to tell you, this, this statement right here, this phrase is for you Christians specifically. We are talking about you, the born-again believers in God Almighty who have, been, who have had their, received their pardon from Jesus Christ. Their sins are washed away. This is for you. Now, being a part of the body of Christ, here's what we are looking at. We are talking about like what I have right here with me, very specifically. I have a body. And we ought to see the believers as a body. Have you ever heard the expression, oh man, today I'm, I'm going to go to church. And when we say the term, we're going to church. Now we know and we use the term to say that, yes, I am going to the house of God. Now you watching this video, you might say, oh, hey, Preacher Martin right there, he's, he's in the church. Right now he is standing in the church. Now I am in the church house, sure. I could say I am in the house of God, sure. But you have to understand the church, when we talk about the body of Christ, the church, we're talking about people. We're talking about people. Now, he uses the phrase body, and he's actually done this in a different place before, and I'm going to turn to it uh, and read you this scripture here as well here in just a few minutes. But he talks about how we have a body and we have different parts of this body. You see here in my body, I have ten fingers. I have two eyes, I have a nose, I have a mouth, I have two ears. And you see, as, as a member of the body of Christ, I have a specific function. We are all part of one body. And friend, can I tell you something? This, this body, when we talk about the body of Christ, we know that this body, it manifests itself here in assemblies where we gather together and where we worship together. And we can be unified together. And we know every single born-again believer is going to be part of the bride of Christ. That one body that will one, be called, one day be called to heaven to be with the Lord forever. But for now, as these bodies, when we, when we gather together in these local assemblies, we need to see that we have a purpose. We need to see that we have a function I need to see that I am someone that's important. God has given me a specific job to do. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 13. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 13. The Bible says this. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. One body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, have been all made to drink into one spirit. Friend, that's talking about the bride of Christ. That is one collective body that we are all going to meet one day together to, to be with the Lord when he raptures his church. That is the bride of Christ. And we are all baptized into that one body. Friend, can I tell you something? If you are a born again Christian, you are a member of the bride of Christ. If you are a born-again child of God, you are a member of the bride of Christ. Now, I want to ask you something. There is an important thought when he uses this term, the body. You are part of something. You are part of something important. Take, for example, my hand. Now, let's say my hand, it has a very specific function. Let's say I'm building a house. 
and my hand has to walk over here and it has to pick up the nail gun and it has to start taking these studs and putting these studs together and nailing together the framework of a house. How is my hand ever going to be able to walk over and pick up the nail gun and the studs unless my feet take me there? Now I'm getting somewhere. What if my eyes are unable to see the tools that I need to be able to put them where they need to be? What if I can't read the measuring tape? What if I'm unable to, uh, to hear what maybe my other fellow workers are trying to tell me in, in, in the instructions that I'm receiving? Now you see, a body, an actual physical body, every part of my body has a specific function. It has something where we're all going to work together. My hands aren't able to do what my hands ought to do to their fullest ability unless my feet are able to take me there. I am unable to, uh, to, to function to my fullest extent unless all my members are together, working together. Now, friends, I want to tell you something. You cannot be a child of God and be used to your fullest extent on your own. You are unable to completely be equipped to, to, to serve the Lord to your fullest capacity if you're completely by yourself, if you have no, no fellowship, if you have no other body that you're getting plugged into. Yes, you are a member, but if you're not there, you're not serving in your function, then, then what good is it? Friend, I want to tell you, if you want to be able to serve God to your fullest extent, you need to be in your right place. You need to be there serving and serving in your function, doing what only God has for you to do, fulfilling your purpose. That's the why he looks at this picture as a body, as, as being one unit. When we see the, the, uh, the church manifesting itself as a body, what is your function? This is why it's so very important to understand that as a Christian, you are not alone. You are not alone. You are not in this Christian life to, to live it out by yourself. You can't do it to its fullest extent by yourself. You need other people praying for you. You know, sometimes I'll get a text on my phone. Someone will say, hey, preacher, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Can I tell you, that's one of the best blessings that I ever received, to know that someone is praying for me. And there are times that I have a friend of mine or a fellow Christian, they'll tell me something, they'll, they'll call me up and they'll say, hey man, I need you to help me pray with something. And we start praying together. And I figure out how I can serve that person. You know what the Bible says? As Christians, he says, bear ye one another's burdens. How are you going to bear someone else's burdens if you're off there by yourself? How is someone else going to help you bear your burden if you're off by yourself? Friend, as a member of a body, you need to be plugged in. You need to be in your place serving out your function. You are part of something. You are not alone. So he says very specifically, there is one body. One. You cannot be functioning as a body off by yourself. Friends, when he says over here in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 4, verse number 4, there is one body. Then he continues to say this, there's one body. Then he says there's one spirit. Folks, can I tell you this? There is only one Holy Spirit. There's one. Now, this is something that ought to go without saying, but we have to understand this one spirit, it's all part of this total package of it being just one. The day that I got saved, 
the Holy Spirit came and indwelt me. He came and lives with me. He surrounds me. He lives with inside of me. And he, he manifests Himself in my life. And He convicts me and He calls me to do things that are right. He guides me each and every single day. You know there's only one. That's the Holy Spirit. Now we understand there is God the Father, there's God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There is God. There is, he has manifest Himself in these three persons. There's these great three in one. We won't understand that until we get to heaven. But you have to understand, there is only one Holy Spirit. There is one. The Holy Spirit that saved me is the same Holy Spirit that calls you and draws you to Himself. That is the same Holy Spirit that saved every other person that's ever been saved. He is your Holy Spirit. He is mine. Excuse me. He is mine. The Bible calls Him a comforter. Man, the Holy Spirit does things that I'll never be able to understand. You know, I was talking with a man just the other day. And we were talking about how we know the Holy Spirit leads us into things. He, he helps us make decisions. He helps us know when things are right. He helps us know when things are wrong. And we're talking about how we know that. And you know... When the Holy Spirit lets you know something, it's hard to describe how you know that you know. But when the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart, you just know. Now, that's something as a Christian, only you as a Christian will understand. Someone that doesn't have the Holy Spirit living within him, he'll never be able to understand that. And folks, can I tell you this? There is no other spirit that you need. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to even take that a step farther. There is no other spirit that can do anything for you. We don't worship the spirits of our ancestors. We don't worship the spirits of dead men. We don't worship the spirits of false gods that have been carved out of stone and out of rocks. No. We worship the one spirit. The Holy Spirit. The spirit that indwells me and the spirit indwells you in the same spirit that has called and saved every other born-again Christian that's ever been. That is the one spirit. And that one spirit is in one body. And there is one hope. There is one hope. Now what is this hope? He goes on to say in verse number 4, there is one body and one spirit, even as you were called and one hope of your calling. See, this is something that's so very important because right now, even as we're not able to meet as a church, and this is where, where, where deep down in my own spirit, I groan, I cannot wait for us to get back together. It, it, it pains me not to see us being able to gather together here in the house of God. I feel like there's a part of me that's missing. I can't wait to be able to get to church. You know, I can't wait to be able to fellowship and for, for us as a, as a body of believers to, to gather around the Word of God. I miss it. It's been a short time, but I miss it. Can I ask you something? Do you miss church? Now, when I say when you miss church, when you can't be there, do you miss it? When church isn't in your life, do, do you, do you want, does it pain you that you can't be there? Do you wish that you could be there? There ought to be something down inside of you that makes you want to be in the house of God. You know, if I had a, a finger that was missing, boy, I would notice it. I would notice it. If there's something that's not, not fit, that's not right, there's a part of the body that's not there, and it's not gathering together, we'd notice it. But he goes on to say this. There's one body, one spirit. He says there's one hope. You know that's something that everyone's looking for today? They're looking for hope. They're looking for hope. They want to know there's something they can look forward to. 
They want to know there's something more to this life than what they see all around them. They want to know that there's something at the end of it all. They want to know that their life has a purpose. They want to know that their life has a meaning. And can I tell you this? Whether you're saved or whether you're not, this is going to mean something to you. Outside of Jesus Christ, there is no hope. Outside of God Almighty, there is no hope. That's why here in the Scripture, he says there is one hope. You know what that hope is? It's found in God. He said in verse number 4, there is one body, there is one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. You see, in that spirit, that is the only hope. The only way a person in this life will ever have any hope, the only way you'll ever have any meaning, the only way your life will ever have any purpose is if you can find it in Jesus Christ. See, you might be able to live and accumulate all the money and wealth and power and land this life ever has to offer. But at the end of it all, you'll lay on your deathbed and you go out into eternity taking nothing with you. See, you can have all the stuff that this world has. You can have the world hanging by a string. But if you don't have Jesus Christ, you have nothing and you will die with nothing. But if you've got Jesus Christ in your heart, if you have this spirit, if you have that one spirit even as you were called, then you have hope. You have something that you can look forward to. You have something that you know has meaning in your life. And then all the other things, when you look at them, you're going to say they really don't matter all that much. Yeah, they're important, but that's not where my stock is. Yeah, they're important, but that's not what I'm living for. Where's your hope? What are you hoping in? What are you looking forward to? When you look out into eternity and you try to plan out the rest of your life, what do you see? Do you just see a few dollars, maybe retirement, maybe a few things here and there? Or do you have something that you're looking forward to? Can I tell you there's only one hope? You see, there's one body. There's one spirit. And because there's only one spirit, there's also only one hope. And can I tell you this? Right along with that same line, the Bible tells us next in verse number 5. There is one Lord. One Lord. Now again, Christian, this is going to mean something for you. Yes, when we say Lord, we, we, we give that title to Jehovah God. But I want you to understand this. When we also say Lord, we see that as a title in the sense of He is the Lord. He is the highest place. He is the one that is above all. He is our number one and only Master. He is Lord above all. Now I ask you this. How many lords do you have? How many do you have that lord over you, Christian? Who is your number one authority? Is it God Almighty? Or do you let your boss down on the job? Does he take preeminence over God Almighty? Or do you have some other lords, maybe down, down at the school, at the college where you are? I don't know. Or maybe is it some kind of family member that you let dictate every little thing that you do in the sense that it goes above and beyond God? Watch this. Do you let your children or your hobbies lord over you? You know, the Bible says there is only one Lord. There is only one person. There is only one thing that ought to have the absolute dominance and control over your life. There is one Lord. That is God Almighty. 
Do you ever let anything else take that place? Do you ever let anything else control and dictate what you do from day to day? Is there anyone else that has absolute say over every area of your life? Who has a say over your house? Who has a say over your land? Who has a say over your bank account? Who has a say over your family? Who has a say over your job? The Bible tells us there's supposed to be only one. Only one. And we know that person is God Almighty. And He says just as much here in the next couple things. We know there's one body. There's one Spirit. We know there's one Lord. There's that one person that's in position of headship. Now look at this, verse, and, uh, verse number 5. He says there's one Lord. Then He says there is only one faith. Just one. There is only one faith. You know, I realize that, that when it comes to things amongst, amongst churches, there are those that worship the name of Jesus Christ, and then there's those that do not. And even amongst those that worship and, and lift up the name Jesus Christ and see Him as the Son of God, yes, there may even be some differences among them. But can I tell you this? Even while sometimes there are other differences... The bottom line that we understand that is non-negotiable in Scriptures, while there are, there are many of those in Scriptures, but there is one overwhelming fact that is undeniable. The Bible says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What is that overwhelming faith? Faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Friend, that is one faith. There is nothing else that you can put your faith in that will get you into heaven. There is nothing. You can't put your faith in any other man. You can't put your faith in any other preacher. You can't put your faith in any kind of church. You can't put your faith in any other book than the Bible. You can't put your faith in anything that will get you into heaven. Except what the Bible tells us about Jesus Christ. You put your faith in Him and in Him alone. That is it can't put your faith in a man. You can't put your faith in, in somebody that you see. You can't put your faith in, in something that you see on TV. You can't put your faith in the works of your own hands. You can't put your faith into doing some kind of act and being good enough. You can't put your faith in doing enough charity. You can't put your faith in even coming and getting dunked in a baptism. You can't put your faith into taking, uh, taking the communion. You can't put your faith in anything other than Jesus Christ. There is one faith. One. Just one. And you know, there are some people, they get confused. They try to say, oh, well, I'm going to go ahead and study all the religions and hope I just kind of figure out what's, what's going to be best. I'm just going to see, see what all I can get together and what I can come up with and put them, and put them all in. And you know what? Some people would say, man, preacher, that, that's just too rigid. That's just, that's just too narrow. You can't tell me there's just one. That, that makes it just too, that's too simple. Can I tell you this? I believe, and it's my understanding that, that to say there is only one, if you ask me, that makes it pretty easy. I don't have to go looking anywhere else. What if I were to say this? And I want to make this pretty simple. We know right now, during this time, we're having to do things a little bit different at church because of the COVID-19 virus, and we're having to stay apart from one another because people are getting sick and people are dying. 
Now, what if I were to tell you this? What if I were able to, and I wish I were, but what if I were able to go to a hospital and I were able to walk up to every person in every sick bed and say, I've got the answer. Here it is. This is the pill. This one. They take this one medication. And it's only one dose. You take this one drop of medication, done. That virus is dead. Now, wouldn't that be pretty neat? What if I could walk into a hospital room and, and look at all the doctors and look at all the sick and say, here it is, this is the answer, take it. You take this, man, it, it's, all, it's all ready to go. That's, uh, that's it. Now, I would look at that and I would say, are you kidding me? Man, you've got it. That, that's all it is, that one treatment. That one treatment and, it's, and that's, that's the answer? This is the one answer? You know what I would say? Man, that's pretty easy. I don't have to go and do all these other things. I don't, I don't have to take this medication and this medication and this medication. And, and we don't even have to test anything else. You know, if I walk into a hospital and I know that this is the medication that's going to cure me, I'm not even going to dabble around with anything else. Give me the stuff that works. I want the one that's going to cure what I've got. Friend, can I tell you something? This right here is going to cure what you've got. This is the answer. There is one faith. There is nothing else you can put your faith in that will get you into heaven. There is nothing else you can put your faith in that will wipe away the guilt of sin and, and this life. Nothing else can do that except your faith in Jesus Christ. It's the only thing. Now, is it kind of rigid? Yeah. But if you ask me, it makes it pretty easy too. We see in verse number 4, there's one body, one spirit, one hope. There's one Lord, one faith. And look at this, he says there is one baptism. There is one baptism. Now some of you theologians, you're automatically going to think, well, wait a minute, there's two ways a person can be baptized. And, and I get what they're saying. And without getting too technical, we could say, yes, there's being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized just means that you're completely covered over. You are completely immersed. You are covered over 100%. That's what baptism means. Now watch this. The day I got saved, I got completely surrounded, indwelt, and covered over with the Holy Spirit. And then as a picture of Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, I went through a water baptism. But you know, that baptism is a picture that aligns me and that is an act of obedience with what Jesus Christ told me to do. That doesn't save me, but that is something that the Bible says over in Peter is a picture. It is a like figure, the Bible says in, P in, in Peter. So that's the, the baptism we're looking at here. This one baptism is that one true baptism that does make us born again, that does save us. It's that baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's only one. Only one baptism that can actually do something deep down in your spirit. And we've already read it one time. I'm going to read it to you again. The Bible says right here in the book of 1 Corinthians, as he begins to talk about this baptism, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. So let me ask you, 
When someone here is a church, they're a Bible Baptist church and a person, and they get saved, and I love it when this happens. I've had the opportunity to baptize some folks, and I love it. When we fill up our baptistry and a person gets saved, and they get in the water, and they go down in the water, and they come back up again, who's doing the baptizing? In the sense of them getting dunked under the water, I'm the one that's doing that. The Holy Spirit's not dunking them under the water. You see, this is baptism of the Spirit. What he says in verse number 13, for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Now what does that mean, baptism of the Spirit? Folks, can I tell you something? Baptism of the Holy Spirit is not something that, that I pray for and hope for after I'm saved. Baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't something where the Lord just comes upon me and I can no longer control myself. No, the Bible says that baptism of the Holy Spirit is when I am baptized into the body. When I get saved, the moment that I become a part of the body of Jesus Christ, I am baptized in the Holy Spirit. That is the one baptism. One. It happens one time. When you get saved, you have all of the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. It's done. Now folks, I want to tell you something. That's a comfort. The day that you get saved, you've got the Holy Spirit with you. He is comforting you. He's living with you. He's living through you. He's living inside of you. And He can do something down in your heart that no one else can do. He can change you. He can make you better than you are. He can make you make choices that, that you never would have thought that you've been able to make. He can guide you in your life. There is one baptism, and that comes from the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can I ask you something? If you're watching this video right now, have you ever had that day where you have been baptized into the body of Christ? Now, I'm not talking about the, the water baptism where, hey, man you, got, man, you got dunked under the water, and hey, now, I'm, now I've got my name on the roll book. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what it says in Corinthians. The day you were baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. Have you ever had that day? Have you ever had the Holy Spirit come and dwell inside of you? And you know that can happen today. And I realize right now you're probably watching this through a video. But please understand, as a pastor, I am always available. Call me. Reach out to me. Reach out to the church. And we would love nothing more than take the Bible and show you what it means, how you can be a Christian, and how all that you need to do is just realize that, that you're a sinner and repent of your sin. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The moment that you realize that you need a Savior and the moment that you can call out to that Savior and tell Jesus that you know you need Him and you know that you don't want your sin anymore and you choose Him when you accept Him as your Lord and Savior, then you become a child of God. You become part of the body of Christ. You become saved. Something happens inside of you and you have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling within you. You see, there's one body. There's one Spirit. There's one hope. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. And can I tell you finally this last thing? And this is the one that's got so much, so much truth to it. And yet also so much exclusion. The Bible says in verse number 6, One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. All. Folks, can I tell you this very finally and very lastly? 
there's only one God. There is one God. One. Only one. The God in heaven who is creator of all. The Bible says that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That is the name Jesus Christ. He is the one that died on the cross to save you of your sin. His blood is the one that can pay for your sin. God the Father is the one that is the creator of this world. There is only one God. And with that, there is one faith. With that, there is one spirit. With that, there is only one body. There is only one way. Bible says straight is the way and the way is pretty pretty narrow. There's not many people that find it. And I'm here to tell you what that way is. That way is through God the Father. That way is through Jesus Christ. Look, I'm, and I'm not trying to be a jerk when I say this, but please understand, I am not going to put my faith in any other man. I am not going to put my faith in any other, any other so-called deity. I am never going to take a piece of wood, carve it out, and sit it on front of me and bow down and worship that. I am never going to worship a piece of stone. I am never going to worship the mountains. I'm never going to worship the stream. I'm never going to worship the sun. I am never going to worship anything other than God Himself. He's the only one. He's the Creator of all. He is the Father of all. He is the God of all. And can I tell you this? And this ought to be a sobering thought because whether you're saved or whether you're not, one day you're going to stand before Him. You will. Whether you believe in Him or not, one day you're going to stand before Him. One day you're going to be on your knees before God. And in that moment, you will either be on your knees in front of Him as one of His children, or you'll be on your knees before Him standing in judgment. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. If you want to stand before Him as a child... All you got to do is accept Him. Reach out to Him. Call on Him. Allow Him to forgive you of your sin. Become one of His own. Because there is only one God and one Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. And when He says in you all, of course He's writing to the Ephesian church. Those that are reading this, the born again people there in Ephesians, the ones that this letter is written to, He is in them all. If you are born again and you are saved, then you have Him in you. If you are not, you can have Him in you. Would you choose Him? Would you call on Him? Would you right now in your heart of hearts accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? If you're a person right now, and I don't know who you may be, this is all done through video. But if maybe right now you are watching this video and you're looking at this, you're hearing these words, maybe you've even got a copy of the Scriptures and you're reading it in front of you. You've never heard that there's only one way to get to heaven. Maybe you've never heard that. Maybe you've never heard that, that man, there's only one faith. Maybe you've never heard that, that you can have your sins forgiven. Friend, understand, it's not a matter of who does the most wrong and who does the most right. It's not a matter of having your good outweighing your bad. Because everyone has bad. Everyone is guilty. Therefore, everyone needs to be forgiven. And that's what you're going to do. If you want to be a child of God, call on Him today. Call on God. Right now, wherever you are, you can call on God. 
call on Him, reach out to Him, and just very simply and very plainly, however you know, however you know how, just call on Him and tell Him that you no longer want your sin. That you no longer uh, want the ways that are about you. You never want, no longer want to be a wrong in His eyes, but you accept His gift of salvation. Admit to Him that you're a sinner. Repent of those sins. Excuse me, repent of those sins. Tell Him you want to be a child of God. Tell Him you want to be pardoned. And tell Him you want to be one of His. And tell Him that you believe that He is the Son of God. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you believe it, if you repent, if you call on Him, you'll be a child of God. I want to ask you right now, have you done that? Have you ever done that? And maybe right now as you're watching this video, you choose to do that. Go ahead and do it right now. And if you do, reach out to me. Call me. Contact us here at Bible Baptist Church. Let us, let us know that you have done that so we can reach out to you and we can help you grow as a Christian. So you see that we can, well, whatever we can do for you in your new walk with the Lord, you can be a Christian today. Because the Bible right here very plainly tells us there's only one way. There's one body. There's one spirit. There's one hope. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. And there's only one God and Father. Let Him be your God. Let Him be the one that is your Father. Let Him be the one, the only one that matters in your life. And be baptized today with that Holy Spirit and let Him come and indwell you and live with you forever and ever. Our God and Father, we love You. The only true God. The only God in heaven, the Creator of this world. I pray, God, that you would help us to understand how important it is to see you as the only one. To see your way as the only way. To see your people as the only people. Or to see the Holy Spirit as the only Spirit. Lord, I pray that there's anyone here watching this video, anyone that's, that's hearing the sound of my voice right now that doesn't know, may right now be the day they get this taken care of before it's too late. Before they do come and stand before you, may they get that settled before they stand before you in judgment. And Lord, maybe there's that Christian today that's, that's not plugged in. Lord, they're, they're part of a body, but they're not connected. Lord, they're, they're not fulfilling their basic function. There's someone out there right now that needs somewhere where they can serve, where they can be equipped, and where they can be part. Lord, may they find that. I pray that you would draw them so close to you so that they can be a fully functioning and useful child of God. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take these scriptures and use them. Apply them to our lives. And Lord, may everything we do, we do it for your honor and for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here through this video or this podcast, however you're listening to it today. Thank you for joining us. I hope this scripture has been a help to you. I hope this has in some way been able to be a blessing. 
We've been going through here the book of Ephesians verse by verse. We'll be back here next week. And, you know, I look forward to when we can gather together here as a group once again, where we can see each other face to face. Now, I'm so thankful for, for the technology that we have where we can still gather and study this way. But I pray and I hope that every one of you are able to do well and you're staying close to God during this time. If there's anything we can ever do for you as a church, go ahead and reach out to us. Maybe you don't know what it means to be a child of God. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you in any way we can. Now, as a church, we love you. We seek to to share the message of God's Word. We're always here for you. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and we look forward to being with you again. God bless.